What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Benton Harbor Area Schools is looking at improving its facilities. At a meeting this week, the Board of Education voted to proceed with a master facilities plan. Chief Officer of Support Services Paul Corson tells us they're looking at all district facilities as part of the comprehensive study. The reality is we have a district that has lots of different needs, and we have identified some of those already, but we are working towards just trying to make sure that we have a safe and welcoming environment that is conductive to learning. Corson says that the district does have many facilities needs, and there will be a great deal of discussion as leaders settle on specific priorities. This is not focusing on one particular project or one particular building. So what it's going to do is essentially do a, a holistic needs assessment, and we're going to begin discussions on how we're going to proceed as a community. Corson says the plan will be drafted throughout an 18-month period. The district's working with an architecture firm and an engineering firm as, as it evaluates its properties. The initial cost of the study is $10,000. This all comes after the district got word its debt is being forgiven by the state, which Corson says will make capital projects much simpler to get rolling. 84 properties in Lincoln Township that currently lack broadband Internet access will soon be served now that Midwest Energy and Communications is expanding the service throughout Berrien County. Lincoln Township Supervisor Dick Stauffer told trustees last night the work should be complete by next fall. He told us there are some properties, though, that the township just can't seem to help. The lakefront is a very expensive location to serve, and the current providers that the county has talked with haven't shown any interest in getting across uh, I-94 at this point. Stauffer said when MEC installs the new fiber, there will be $100 connection fees for each customer looking to sign up. The actual cost per parcel for the high-speed Internet to be rolled out is $650 per property, which is partly being paid for by a state grant that MEC received for its expansion around southwest Michigan. The township also chipped in $54,000 for the project. Trustees noted they did allocate $200,000 for broadband, so there's still some left to pursue other projects. The number of election precincts in Lincoln Township will be going down from 6 to 5 in the next election. Township Clerk Stacy Lore Porter told trustees last night a change in state law now allows for a larger number of voters to be in a given precinct. She says having fewer voting locations will make holding elections easier. Well, it's good for us because it's less equipment we need. I don't need equipment for six precincts. I only need it for five. And in two years, the state will be up for new equipment. And those run, the tabulators run anywhere from six dollars to $8,000 each. And then I have voting assist terminals that are another $5,000. So that's less that I'll have. But it also, with the extra I'll have now, I have backup equipment for my other precincts. So if something goes wrong or something goes down, I have backup. It's less workers. It's less, it's less everything, right? Because there's not six anymore. Laura Porter says that everyone will be getting their voter ID cards in the next few weeks, and those will tell each voter where their precinct is. The change takes effect for the next election, which is the presidential primary in February. Laura notes that with early voting and easier absentee voting, there probably will be fewer people coming out to vote on the actual election day. Children from communities around Berrien County will have a brighter Christmas thanks to the Berrien County Sheriff's Department's Shop with a Cop program this year. 
Department Lieutenant David Ziskowski tells us thanks to sponsors, sheriff's deputies took the kids to Walmart in Niles on Saturday morning. We were able to assist five families and 21 children by allowing the children to shop for Christmas gifts for themselves, their family members, and their friends. So what did each child receive? We were able to give them gift cards to Walmart from some very generous donors out there. And then they were able to buy things, gifts for their family, and also for some food for their Christmas meal. The gift cards were for $150. The families also received holiday food baskets with a honey-baked ham, a pie, and fresh fruit. School resource officers serving in the Berrien County schools identified the students most in need. Ziskowski says they served kids from Niles, New Buffalo, and Benton Harbor. Walmart also opened its doors to the young shoppers and their police escorts early on Saturday so they would have time to have the store to themselves. The Michigan Secretary of State has rolled out a new online tool with hopes of making the state more transparent. A new online portal will make Freedom of Information Act requests easier to submit and more accessible once granted by the state. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says Michigan has a long way to go to become more transparent. For far too long, we have been among the worst states in the nation when it comes to government transparency and ethics laws. Uh, You've all heard many times the Center for Public Integrity has listed Michigan as dead last among the 50 states in transparency and accountability. Benson says this builds on Proposal 1 passed by voters last November. The proposal requires annual public financial disclosure reports by legislators and other state officers. It also changes the state legislature term limit to 12 total years in the Michigan legislature. South Haven Area Emergency Services has honored South Haven Mayor Scott Smith for his service as a member of the Shays Authority Board. Shays Director Brandon Hintz presented Smith with a retirement badge in recognition of his time as a board member during a regular monthly meeting of the board this week. Smith will end his term as South Haven's mayor and as a Shays board member December 31st. He served six years as mayor and was a city council member for 10 years prior to that. Hinn says that Shays is, quote, so grateful for Scott's advocacy for Shays these many years. Annie Brown will be the new mayor of South Haven come January. And Heather Hastings of Coloma is the recipient of Lake Michigan College's Spirit of Nursing Award for the year. She was selected out of 19 graduating nursing students for the fall 2023 semester. Adam C. says Hastings, known for frequently telling classmates, we've got this, graduated from Benton Harbor High School in 2002. She spent the past 10 years working at the Corwell Health South in St. Joseph in the Utilization Review Department. The Spirit of Nursing Award is given to students who have a caring attitude, the ability to collaborate, an attitude of inclusivity, and a demonstration of integrity and ethics. After graduation, Hastings plans to continue her career with Corwell Health South as a nurse in the Cardiac Progressive Care Unit. LMC Nursing Director Denise Gardner says Heather's peers describe her as the, quote, mom of our group, always there for everyone. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. The House is due to vote today on a measure formalizing a Republican-led impeachment inquiry that's been underway for months. Backers say the vote will strengthen the House's efforts to obtain documents and testimony. ABC's Stephen Portnoy has more. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee argues this step is necessary in the face of what he calls stonewalling by the administration. We are facing obstruction from the White House. Republican James Comer says he's seeking documents from Joe Biden's time as vice president, as well as testimony from current and former officials. But Democrat Jim McGovern says so far the GOP has dug up nothing to justify impeachment, and he calls the vote to formalize the inquiry an extreme political stunt. It has no credibility, no legitimacy, and no integrity. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. 
The Supreme Court has agreed to take up a dispute over medication used in the most common method of abortion in the United States. It's the court's first abortion case since it overturned Roe v. Wade last year. The justices today said they'll hear appeals from the Biden administration and the New York-based maker of the drug Mifepristone asking the court to reverse a previous court ruling that would cut off access to the drug through the mail and impose other restrictions, even in states where abortion is legal. The case will be argued in the spring with a decision likely in late June and in the middle of the 2024 presidential and congressional campaigns. The chairman of the Federal Reserve took questions from reporters today after the announcement from the Fed they would not raise interest rates again. Or if maybe she's Liz Landers. The chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, spoke with reporters after the Fed kept interest rates the same for the third time in a row of their meeting. He was asked about whether the United States economy has avoided a recession. I think you can say that there's little basis for thinking that the economy is in a recession now. Powell cautioned that there's always a probability of a recession in the next year, no matter what the economy is doing, and it's far too early to declare victory. Liz Landers, ABC News, Washington. A judge says Donald Trump's 2020 election interference case in Washington will be put on hold while the former president further pursues his claims that he's immune from prosecution. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkan agreed today to pause any further proceedings that would move the case toward trial or impose additional burdens of litigation on the defendant. But the judge said that if the case returns to her court, she will consider, quote, at that time whether to retain or continue the dates of any still future deadlines and proceedings, including the trial scheduled for March 4th, 2024. Today, President Biden sat down at the White House with family members of American hostages still being held by Hamas in Gaza. The White House says they're not sure of the status of the hostages, but that the president has been highly engaged in trying to secure the release. More from ABC's Karen Travers. Family members of some of the Americans held hostage by Hamas told reporters they've been in frequent and transparent contact with the Biden administration about efforts to locate and free their loved ones. Jonathan Dekelhen, whose son Sagi was kidnapped during the October 7th attacks. The U.S. administration is completely committed to getting the hostages out, the eight Americans who remain there and the other uh, nearly 130. We, we have no doubt about that. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The Supreme Court says it'll hear appeals that could upend hundreds of charges stemming from the Capitol riot, including against former President Donald Trump. The justices agreed today to reveal a previous court ruling that revived a charge against three defendants from Texas, Pennsylvania, and New York accused of obstruction of, a, of an official proceeding. The charge refers to the disruption of Congress's certification of Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election victory over Trump. That's among four counts brought against Trump in special counsel Jack Smith's case, accusing the Republican ex-president of conspiring to overturn the election results. The obstruction charge has been brought against more than 300 defendants following the deadly January 6, 2021 riot. The U.N. General Assembly has passed a resolution calling for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza that says the Gazan death toll tops 18,000 while Hamas and Israel wage war. 1.8 million displaced Gazan res- residents in desperate need of more aid, food, water, and medicine. The entry and delivery of that aid has been hampered by the fighting, but the U.N. resolution's non-binding. Israeli leaders are unequivocal that the war in Hamas will not end until the terror group's been dismantled. They say there are still many weeks, if not months, to go. The United States is standing behind Israel while demanding more aid get into the Strip and more caution be exercised to minimize civilian casualties. 
ABC's Jordana Miller has more from Jerusalem. Nine Israeli soldiers, including a colonel, killed in a Hamas ambush in the Shajaya neighborhood of Gaza City. It's the deadliest incident in more than a month and shows Hamas is still putting up a fight in parts of northern Gaza despite the dominance of the Israeli army. In the south, combat raging in Khan Yunis. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant says IDF troops operating, quote, deep underground, a reference to Hamas's tunnel networks. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. Top Biden administration officials are trying to reach a last-minute deal for wartime aid for Ukraine by agreeing to Senate Republican demands to bolster U.S.-Mexico border policies to cut crossings. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Wednesday is expected to resume talks with Senate negotiators. Advocates for immigrants and even members of President Joe Biden's own Democratic Party plan to protest at the Capitol against what they view as a return to Trump-like policies. Congress is scheduled to leave Washington on Thursday, giving a narrow window to approve Biden's $110 billion request for Ukraine, Israel, and other national needs. Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says, quote, this is difficult, very difficult. And in brief statements that he made outside of the Capitol today, Hunter Biden said Republicans are conducting an illegitimate investigation into whether his father was involved in his business. The president's son insists he wasn't. Maybe he's Stephen Portnoy as more. Saying he has made mistakes and is working to make amends, Hunter Biden says Republicans are shamelessly dragging his family through the mud. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. He was subpoenaed for a closed-door deposition, but Hunter Biden tells reporters he'll only speak publicly to avoid his testimony being distorted. I'm here. I'm ready. As they move forward with their impeachment inquiry, Republicans now say they may vote to find the president's son in contempt of Congress since he failed to appear as they demanded. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. 